0: Hello, this is Feed Play Love, the bite-sized podcast for parents and carers. I'm Siobhan Hunt. Chris Minogue is taking a short break from Helpline, but don't worry, she'll be back next week. In the meantime, we've pulled one of our most popular Helpline episodes out of the vault. If you have a burning question, send it through to helpline at theparentbrand.com.au and we'll get Chris to answer them next week. Hello and welcome to Helpline with Mothercraft Nurse Chris Minogue on Feed Play Love. I'm Siobhan Hunt. Chris is uh, experienced, over 30 years of experience helping families with their babies and toddlers. What was that? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that's why I'm tired. It's a lot of years. But the point being that there's not many situations that Chris hasn't been exposed to or helped families navigate their way through. So this is your time to ask Chris your questions. We have moved. It is now Monday not Friday, we used to do Fridays, now we're on Mondays, and the podcast will be available from Wednesdays. So we've just changed, tweaked it a little bit, same theme for the whole show though. If you want to ask your question and you're watching us live on Facebook, just pop your questions below the video. You can also call us if you're watching live on one 543 772 If you're listening via the podcast or you can't quite get your question out right now, you can send your question to helpline at theparentbrand.com.au and Chris will get to your question next week. Hello, Chris.
1: How are you? I'm
0: really well. Let's start with this email from Christy. She has a 17-month-old. right. My 17-month-old goes to sleep at 7 p.m. and wakes at between 7 or 8 a.m., but seems to get tired after only three hours in the morning. I've tried activities, going out, staying home, food, but tantrums seem to start to come. I try to hold out till 11.30 and she will sleep up to three hours, but more often two. On the days she wakes up at 8 a.m., I try to put her to bed around 12, 12 12.30, but she won't sleep as long. At the earliest, she is awake from 1.30pm and seems to have her happiest time of the day until bedtime at 7, but she's awake for up to five and a half hours. Is that okay for her to have that sleep so early, or should I try and move it closer to the middle of the day, even if she doesn't sleep as long?
1: I think she's doing beautifully. So I would go by her cues because it's working. So she's sleeping a really decent time in the middle of the day and she's sleeping all night for you. So, you know, I'm sure someone might tell you, wake her up at the same time, 7 o'clock, and put her, try and get her to 11.30, but she's actually sleeping beautifully. So go with your gut instinct. She's having one good sleep and it's not interfering with her overall demeanour. I'd hate it to be stretched and just get crankier and more cranky as the day goes on. So I'd put it down anywhere between 11.30 and 12. Um, she does two or more hours for you. Still got a really good length of time before you put it down at seven. I think it's working beautifully. Don't do anything. Don't do anything. <laughs> Don't touch it. <laughs> <laughs> the
0: next one comes from Stephanie. I have a 14-month-old little boy, and he currently has three bottles a day of 210 meals each, which he usually finishes. He has these bottles first thing in the morning, before nap and before sleep. I'm just wondering what bottle you would recommend we cut out to slowly wean him off the bottles bit of an extra here though, a bit of extra info, I should mention he has epilepsy and we actually use a 50ml bottle of formula twice a day, Mm. morning and night, to mix in his medication so he won't spit it out. These bottles are given before his actual bottle but still totals 210ml of milk. I would love some advice as well about how I can get him to take his medication without using a bottle.
1: Okay, so this is where it gets a little bit technical because the medication is usually very bitter and he's now got used to the medication better in the bottle. So I think until he's old enough to actually, you're able to have a discussion with him about medication, which I would think would be closer to two, two and a half. I would just keep the two fifty 50 ml little bottles with his medication in it in the morning and the night. I wouldn't, I wouldn't wean that part off. At 14 months, but he only only requires two bottles in the day. So the first first one we drop is the lunchtime one. So you can just start reducing that down, reduce it down to 150, then 100, and then a drink in a cup with his lunch, and that will have weaned that bottle off. Around 16 months, he would have dropped to one bottle. So I think what we would do there is we would wean his morning bottle down to that fifty mils that you need for his medication, and just continue just giving him that fifty mils, and then at around eighteen months, we'll drop his evening bottle down to the fifty mils, so you can still give him his medication. We can move those two little bottles once you've weaned them. So you could do, depending on when you have to do the medication, it could be with breakfast, before breakfast, after breakfast, and his evening one could be with the stories. I don't think you'll get an understanding of medication until he's a bit older, so I wouldn't worry about the two little 50 mils, but you're just going to wean the the amount in the bottles down. So 14 months, 15 months, we're going to get rid of the lunchtime one. Around 16 months the morning one, and then the evening one around 18, 19 months.
0: Okay. The next question is comes from Facebook and Rachel. Hi, Rachel. She has a seven-month-old. Can you overfeed a baby solids? My seven-month-old has two solids a day. He cries after the food is finished and could easily eat about uh, another serve. He also has four 230ml formula bottle. He's on the 85th percentile and always has been but has slowed in weight gain. Should I introduce a third meal? That's
1: from Rhiannon. Okay. So, yes, at seven months, I would definitely do three meals, so breakfast, lunch, dinner. And they sort of hit, if you're working in tablespoons, they sort of hit around the three tablespoons um, in each of the meals. So I think that would help, but also in his lunchtime meal, I usually give a lot less of fed food and try and navigate some finger food with him just to develop that skill of using their hand to bring food to their mouth, like a cucumber stick or um, uh, softened carrot stick or something along those lines. But, yes, I would introduce the third meal. Um, I'd also, weirdly, by introducing more food, I'd decrease some of his bottles because he's taken a lot in the bottles and that might be why his weight's slowing down because he's got a lot of milk more than he's got food so I just drop maybe his morning and his lunchtime bottle down to about 180 and that automatically will I think allow him to take more food without overfeeding in either of the areas and then I think his weight will tick along. It's not unusual for their weight to plateau, Um, they seem to you know get longer but not necessarily put on a lot more weight so I think you'll see a nice little steady growth there.
0: Excellent. Thanks for the question, Rhiannon. We have one from Claire with a 15-month-old and it's more or less about getting a sick child back into their own cot after Uh, co-sleeping. So I'll give you the details. Yeah, Yeah, we've all been there. Um, (laughs) I have done some gentle sleep training with my son around 10 months. He goes to daycare two days a week and is currently trying to drop his morning nap, though hasn't had a morning nap at daycare since he turned one as he started to refuse it. At 11 months, he was hit by, get this, three ear infections, then bronchiolitis, then conjunctivitis, then gastro. Oh. While her son was going through all this, she also got the flu, oh. and he got two new teeth. Oh. There's a word for that, but I can't say it on air because it's a bit rude. Um, just say it's a disaster. It's a disaster. With all of that, he ended up close sleeping in our bed. Yeah. Since then, every time I attempt to transition him back to his cot in his own room, we get a couple of good nights. I keep in him in his room and resettle as needed until midnight the first night, then push it later each night. Once I have him back fully in his room, I plan to work more on the self-settling. The problem is that he keeps getting more teeth. It has hit about three times since he was sick, a lot, about three days into getting him back into his room, he starts teething again, and he's an awful teether. I give him teething gel and Panadol and urefin, but he's also extremely clingy when teething and wakes up the moment I put him in the cot. When teething, he absolutely will not fall asleep through padding, etc., usually only by being fed or sleep or rocking, if I'm lucky." Mm. Uh, and she has one more question. Re- te- keep that in your yeah, yeah. One more question relating, relating to teething. Yeah. As he loses his ability to chew food very well when teething, is it
1: okay to give him some softer pureed foods? Right. So there's a lot going on there. If I go back a step, um, I think you're doing the right thing in trying to get him back in his bed and extending that time overnight. I think that's a really clever way of doing it. But the other thing is I'd probably drop him to one sleep to make the whole thing much easier for you. So by making it one sleep in the day, he'll be tired enough when he goes down in the day to be more receptive to what you're doing to help him to self-settle in his cot. And then again, by the time he goes down at night, he'll be more receptive to what you're trying to do to help him go down in the cot. So I think by moving him to one sleep, it will initially help the process that you're trying to do, which is to get him back into his cot. Once I think you've got him going down in one sleep around 11.30 or 12 o'clock, depending when he gets up, and sleeping a couple of hours and then going down at night, I think you then need to have a weekend where you continuously put him back to bed in his cot to give him the idea that he that's where he's going to go, even though you're helping him, that he's going to go back into his cot. So I think you're on the right idea. Um I think moving him to one sleep will help the whole thing that you're doing and then I think you pick a weekend and you give it a little push and keep him in his cot for the whole weekend for his sleeps. The second part is his teething. Now some kids some babies can you know give birth to teeth and they just keep smiling and nobody would ever know and others it's it's terrible it's um but once they've got 8 teeth so we're not sure how many teeth he's got but once he's got 8 teeth the teething then slows down cuz so then i think you've got a window to be able to get his sleep more under control so depending on how many sle- how many teeth he's got but it sounds like he's got at least four if not five teeth um and when they're teething it usually takes about 3 days so you see the swelling of the gum and then you give him some some sort of teething gel or Um, Panadol or Nurofen, I think you've been giving him, which all can help the pain part of it. And then as soon as you see it break through, you need to sort of understand that he's okay now, that it's not about the teething. So if we go too far backwards, because he's teething a lot, and just give him purees, chances are then your next problem will you won't be able to get him back on textured food. So if he's teething, he should be okay with softer textured food like like the consistency of scrambled eggs or um, a soft risotto or something like that. Something in the, It's still got the chunk, but he can sort of swallow it down. So because the spoon tends to go past the teeth line, he should be okay with that because I have a feeling that if he can take a spoon with puree, he can take a spoon with textured food. I think he's just feeling bad within himself. So don't try and move too much backwards because then you've got so many more steps to move forwards with. So I think with this one, you're heading in the right direction, but moving him to one sleep would help. And the teething one, if you can get a a spoonful of yogurt in his mouth, you can get a spoonful of his normal food into his mouth, but he might be more reluctant to do hand finger food because that sits on his gum line.
0: Okay. Good luck with that, Claire. Um, the next question we have is from Marvi, uh, with a five-month-old, a sleep question. We wake at seven or go in before to change a dirty nappy Anytime from six. He goes down without a fuss in his cot at nine and usually sleeps for two and a half to three hours. Once he's up, I work on a one and a half to two hour awake time before giving him his next nap. Afternoons have always been a struggle. He outright refuses to sleep in his cot and after weeks of fighting each other, I made peace with him only wanting to contact NAP. Must be on the boob and will wake if I try to slip the nipple out for a 30 minute sleep cycle. He goes to bed at seven in his cot again without a fuss and he only ever wakes overnight around three for a feed, going down again without a problem. My question is I'm hearing the afternoon sleep should be a longer one as he, as when he starts dropping naps, it'll be crucial for the afternoon sleep to last him till bedtime. I'm really getting concerned now that he won't get good sleep as he gets older, even though he averages 14 hours a day sleep now because he can't do long stints by himself in the afternoon. I cannot fight with him anymore in the afternoon to go in his cot and cannot listen to his cries for long periods with sleep training methods. It's like he's just had enough of being in there and wants the closeness and comfort of mum to fall asleep. He doesn't have any sleep associations like white noise, padding, shushing, etc. and will not take a dummy. These afternoon sleeps are only ever 30 minutes, which I'm kind of glad about as my nipples can't take much more comfort sucking than that. Fair enough. What do you recommend we try to set us up for when he's older? I suspect you're going to start by trying to, do, to by telling me to wake him earlier in the morning, but experience tells me that Mm-mm. even when we... You're not going to say that? Mm. It, well, let me finish them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> even when he sleeps only one and a half hour in the morning, he still won't sleep longer in the afternoon or want to go down in his cot, which is why I let him sleep as long as he wants in the morning.
1: Okay, so... That's from Marvin. The reason he doesn't have any sleep associations is because you are the sleep association. Uh Oh dear. (laughs) Because if you read through this, she said he only sleeps if he's on the boob, and if you move the boob, he wakes up. So you are. Oh my God, you're the dummy. Well, that's. (laughs) She's great. She's been here for four years. No filter. And she's no She's caught on. You are in the afternoon he sleeps. Now, there's another thing happening for you in the morning. Um, you actually keep him up for an extremely long time for his age group. And so, therefore, he sleeps really well, as in two to three hours. But he's very tired when he goes down for that sleep in the morning. So, if we looked at the hour and a half to two hours, which is what you use generally through the day, That would be right in that that's the right um, time frame for his age. So the morning one, he sleeps really well because you actually keep him up for two and a half to three hours. So he's a tired little boy when he goes down. Now at that one, you seem to be able to put him down in the cot um, from what we can read here. And it doesn't say whether you're feeding him or not at that particular one. But the most consistent thing he gets here is that when he wakes, or to go to sleep, he gets a boob. So overnight he gets a boob, which is fine because he's five months old. Having a feed overnight is completely reasonable. Um, I suspect what needs to be done is one of two things. You can leave it as it is. And as he gets older, the gaps from the morning sleep will get longer. So when he's six months old, he'll stay awake for two hours, From when he wakes up from that morning sleep and he'll probably create two sleeps in the day by doing that. So he'll have a good sleep for you in the morning, and as the gap gets wider, he'll just take a longer sleep in the afternoon. That bit is not so much what I'm worried about. He's only five months old. We've got time to sort of get this rolling by the time he's seven months old, which is when they're classically in two sleeps. The problem's going to be is the more that he goes to sleep with your breast in his mouth over time, the more wake-ups he will have overnight because he will need the breast in his mouth to go back to sleep. So in all of that, even though people would tell you to shorten the morning sleep, I'm not so worried about that. I'm more worried about the connection between feeding him to sleep and what that might do long-term for both of you. So if you're happy to do that, that's fine, but I I, I can see this unwinding really quickly. So the thing I would be working on is trying to get him to comfort and then pull him off the breast and continue to pat him to get him to sleep so the first step to getting him to independently go to sleep would be just not letting him fall asleep off that feed and start to teach him now that he might go to sleep with a cuddle and a pat because then when when you go to put him in the bed you continue to cuddle um you continue to put your hand on him and pat And that's going to make that separation a little bit easier and the ability to self-settle a little bit easier for him. So what I would be looking at here is keep your pattern going because he's getting sleep overall. He's getting enough sleep. But I'd start thinking about the fact that he has to stop feeding to sleep or sucking to sleep if you want him to independently sleep down the track. And I can see that as he wakes more at night, he will need more feeds if going to sleep is associated with sucking. So I would work on the feed him, get him off, sit him up a little bit, Get him to you, cuddle, pat, cuddle, pat. And that will probably take you three to five days just to teach him that one step. But once you've got that one step going, then we know that when we get him into his bed, we can put our hands on as if we're cuddling him and pat, and we can start to sort of spread that association out. So feel free to give us a call back or ride to catch up with where you're at. But don't worry about the morning sleep. Let's work on his association in the afternoon of how he gets to sleep.
0: Chris Minogue and Helpline on Feed, Play, Love will be back answering more questions right after this. Now back to your questions with Helpline and Chris Minogue. And our next question comes from Melinda, who has a 20-month-old. He's always been an early riser and is still waking up in the morning between 5 to 5.30. This is too early for me. He will then go for his midday nap around 11.30 to 12 and sleep for about 1 hour and 15 minutes. He rarely sleeps any longer than this. Sometimes I'll try and resettle with limited success, but most often, often I just get him up. He's generally a happy kid, but will often wake up grisly after his nap. He'll then go to bed between 6.30 and 7.00. So I guess in a 24-hour period, he's getting about 12 hours sleep. Is this enough for his age? Some other factors are that there's a four-year-old brother who sleeps until 6.30 and she doesn't want him to wake up the other brother. He was always a good self-settler, but lately he won't go to sleep unless I'm standing next to his cot or being cuddled to sleep. Then I have to creep out ninja style. <laughs> There's
1: I can a lot just of ninjas. That.
0: He's a good eater <laughs> and a big boy at 14.5 kilograms. He has 250 mils of milk at breakfast and about 180 after his, his nap. No milk before bed because he kept waking up wet, so I was trying to limit those drinks before bedtime. Any ideas how to get him to sleep longer in the morning or is the amount he's sleeping an acceptable amount and I should just suck it up? That's from Melinda.
1: Wow, okay. So at 20 months, um, I think the problem is he's not sleeping long enough in the day. So he goes to bed overtired and he's waking early in the morning. So lots of parents in desperation think that the longer they keep their child up or the shorter the sleep they give him in the day, some miracle will occur where the child will sleep longer. Um, overnight, but actually that rarely occurs because they're overtired by the time they go to sleep. So he only sleeps an hour and fifteen. If he's going down at eleven thirty, he's he might be up by um, quarter to one, and then he's going all the way through till seven o'clock at night, and he would be overtired by that stage. So we've got to shift his little axis around a little bit because you can't get him past eleven thirty because he wakes up at five five thirty. So then the parents are in fetal position by Friday because they haven't worked out the cycle background. So what I personally would do for a week is I'd go back to giving him two sleeps in the day if you could. I'd give him a tiny little morning sleep at about 9, 9.30 for like 20 minutes and then pull the afternoon sleep to about one30 and let him have his hour and 15 minutes because he won't be as overtired when you put him down at seven. Now, the magic of that is that often by doing that, it swings the 5, 5.30 closer to six because they're not overtired when they go to bed. Then when you get that pattern going, where he wakes up at 6, it's going to be much easier to get him to 12, 12.30, which should long and get your afternoon sleep to about a good hour and a half to two hours. Then he can keep going down to bed around the 7, 7.30 window. So we have to keep tipping the cycle around. Um, the second part of this was about the um, milk. The milk. And for 20 months, he's drinking an awful lot of milk. So at 20 months, generally, they're not having milk feeds. So we couldn't do those two things together. So what we're going to do is create, you've got to move the day pattern around, and then you're going to reduce those bottles. So I'd make all the bottles 150 150 at the moment. Just bring them down to 150. He won't know the difference. He'll just eat more for you, Um, and he'll drink more in his bottle, then Turn the day around, like we said before, and then start reducing the bottle so you're weaning the bottle off in 50 milligram amounts. So then go to 100, then 50. Once you're at 50, put it in a cup or a sippy cup, and then you can have a drink in the morning and a drink at night. And I think there's so much going on. It's been hard to work out how to stand back and pull the sequence out. And the last point is don't go in and rescue him because there's a four-year-old who needs to sleep. That's another thing that parents do. You're actually creating the problem. When he wakes up at 5 or 5.30, they often like to talk for a little bit and then they cry and then sometimes they'll put themselves back to sleep, sometimes they don't. But by whipping in there quickly and opening the door, he goes, oh, that's right, you do come in at 5 o'clock. So he goes, okay, I'll get up. So... Over the weekends, your four-year-old, if he gets a bit disturbed, that's okay. So try to cross the weekend where you don't rescue him at 5, 5.30 in the morning. Good luck. A lot going now, there's on there, so Linda. much going on.
0: Yeah, maybe listen again to the podcast. Yeah. and write some notes. Uh, this email comes from Ashley. She has a six-month-old. My daughter was a great sleeper prior to the dreaded five-months hit, and we are slowly working our way back to longer periods of sleep overnight. She is a two to three-hourly waker after midnight, after being a six-hour-at-a-time sleeper since birth. And to longer day sleeps, she goes down between six and seven depending p m depending on how late her last sleep was, and generally wakes around seven a m to start the day she's having she's still having three, if not four naps a day. the four is usually on a weekend if we are out and about and in and out of the car she will have more cat naps she has a at least one cycle of two hours sleep around midday then a 40 minute one sleep cycle cat nap before kinder pick up for my other child around four the issue is that her first sleep of the day around 8.30 to 9 is also a one cycle cat nap one sleep cycle and I think it makes her overtired by night time and contributes to the night waking however I cannot resettle her for this morning nap she's awake on the 40 minute mark squealing with happiness and ready to start her day should I let this go as is, and hope that when she condenses to two sleeps a day, they will both become longer?
1: Um, okay. So I think the first thing is you can keep her awake solidly for two hours before you put her down in the morning. That might make a bit of a difference, but the cycle of a short sleep and then a long lunchtime sleep, and then a short sleep in the afternoon, generally the baby is overtired like you've suggested. So if she gets up at say seven and then she goes to say 12.30 before she goes down for that two hour sleep. She's actually been awake for five and a half hours with only a 40 minute sleep in between. And for some babies that actually exactly what you said, it's, it's accumulative and they become more and more overtired. And then when she gets up at 2.30 from 2.30 till 6.00, 7.00 in the evening, she still only gets another 40 minute sleep. So You you six months at this point, the first thing i do is definitely keep her awake for two hours from when she woke to when you put her down to see if that makes a difference. And at seven months, she would be on that classic two sleeps in the day, but she hasn't got anywhere to condense that 40 minutes to. So it's not like she takes two 40-minute sleeps and then has a big sleep for you in the afternoon. She only has a 40-minute sleep. So... If you push it out she'll still only have 40 minutes sleep and then you'll push the afternoon sleep out and she'll actually get less sleep than she gets now so I would keep her awake for two hours and I would try as much as I could to try and get her to link the morning one together with another sleep even if it was another 20 minutes because having an hour sleep is really different to having 40 minutes sleep to a little one so if we could get that going by even going in, even sitting in there just before the 40-minute mark and patting her, but I think it gets lost in that there's another child and there's a kindy pickup and there's a kindy drop-off, but try it across the weekend or try it across the couple of days plus the weekend where the other child may not be at kindy and see if we can get in there and link two cycles together so that when she gets to seven months and you push into two sleep, she's got more depth of sleep across the day. I love how it's you technical. do It's <laughs> technical. I know. <laughs> I can see it in my head. <laughs> um, but... But yeah, it's really hard when it's a 40-minute cycle and then a big sleep because you've got nothing to link it to.
0: All right. Good luck, Ashley. Feel free to get back in touch if you need to. And uh, We have time for one last question. It's um, from Stephanie. She has a 16-month-old. She says, Hi, ladies. My 16-month-old daughter has never really slept well, but just the last few months she wakes sometimes every hour, goes down around 10-ish, wakes around 3 a.m., and wakes and needs to be tapped on the bottom or sometimes picked up and rocked back to sleep. Oh, my goodness. She's 16 months old. So that probably hurts. Um, getting a tad ridiculous lately. Once she's asleep again around six months, she will sleep till 10 a.m. again. Has just the last weeks, last few weeks dropped her nap, although she seems fine through the day. She still goes down with a bottle of an evening, but normally no drama getting down, only through the night. Also have tried keeping a nap, but she won't go down.
1: So so they've dropped all the naps in the day. Sounds like it, Yeah. Okay, so at 16 months, it sort of reads like she's dropped all of the naps, but maybe she's dropped a nap and she still has a sleep, like she might have been having a little nap and a sleep. For 16 months, if she's dropped a day sleep, I think that's where your problem is because she's just you know too overtired. So if we go back to the 16-month-old, they're usually having about two hours sleep in the middle of the day, somewhere around 12, 12.30 in that window. So if she has dropped her sleep in the day I suspect that we, is where the problem is and to get it to go back in I would do anything to get it to go back in for a few days even put her in the car and drive her into the sunlight which makes them shut their eyes <laughs> so that they'll go to sleep to get a bit more sleep back in the day, because I think this is where the whole thing's going to unravel for the long term. Uh, so until we get that bit straight, I think the nighttime once wake up, going in and tapping her and giving her a little cuddle is probably reasonable because I think she's a bit overtired. So if you can work on her day sleep and even come back next week with a bit of a catch-up on what might have happened, then I might be able to guide you more about what to do in the night period. Yeah. So how long – sorry, you may have mentioned
0: this. How long does a 16-month-old sleep during the day?
1: About two hours. Okay, so you know, somewhere they go down around twelve thirty. They'd be up around two thirty, and they would go to bed between seven and seven thirty at night.
0: Okay, well, hopefully that's a start, Stephanie. Um, And please feel free to jump back on Facebook next week if you want to ask some more, get some more <laughs> tweaks from Chris. Uh, but that's all we have time for on Helpline and this episode of Feed, Play, Love. If you're watching along live via the Babyology Facebook page, thank you so much for all your questions. And Chris, thank you so much for your time. Well, oh, it's a pleasure. This has been Helpline on Feed, Play, Love, hosted by me, Siobhan Hunt. If you want to ask Chris your questions for the next episode, you can email them to us directly. The email is helpline at theparentbrand.com.au.